0: Good evening, my fellow lovers of love, and thank you for joining us on this excursion down the stream of consciousness through the river of Tranquil... Ah, I butchered it up again because I messed up. You were going great! No, I wasn't. <coughs> I was holding back a cough, which was distracting me from trying to think of...
1: I wonder why you closed your
0: eyes. <laughs> <laughs> just as the thing went, just as the moon was about to think, I got a cough in my throat. And I'm like, oh, great. Uh. And so then I got distracted. So thank you for joining us through this excursion, through the stream of consciousness, down the river of tranquility, and on towards the lake of love. See, I can't actually pull it off. Now, when we get closer to Halloween... To begin, ladies and gentlemen, or something like that. I had it earlier. I have to practice my my Count Dracula. Uh, actually, it's more Count Chocula than it is Count Dracula, but
1: <laughs>
0: it's close enough for government work, right? It's <laughs> it is what it is. Thank you for joining us this week. It's been a uh, interesting week. For me around here anyway. Um, but before we start, you can send uh, Love oh, I was gonna say you can send Lovey a love letter, but I suppose
1: <laughs> uh, shouldn't
0: necessarily mind those. Uh, at love at latenightlove.us. You can find me on Twitter at JazzRack. And you can always find us at latenightlove.us on all the various podcasts and social media networks. All right. And I've been working on some swag today, so we can get some bottles and stuff. Still, anyway, but you know, our, our graphics artist is also my son, and so you know, they're sometimes hard to corral and to get things done. You know, they're good kids and good young adults, but they got busy lives and all that.
1: Yes, they do. He has a little one.
0: Yeah, well, they all got little ones at this point, don't they? They all kind of except for one. Oh yeah, oh they know. She's the youngest though, so. But still, they're all doing good. They're all good kids. It's I suppose that's the. That's the. Uh, goal, team, right?
1: Yes, they're all good people.
0: You had a on your side, You had an interesting, exciting week
1: yes my youngest daughter had her appendix removed i got a text one night and uh, so i was fretting they tried using antibiotics first then they decided to go ahead and uh, it's the first time she was ever knocked out so she was very nervous and uh but she did well she came through it okay she's recovering nicely thank
0: you yeah no she's nah, she's a good kid she'll be fine it's uh, but those things are never scary even though you know an appendix we all think of those as routine but there's no such thing as routine surgery so you know the things go as well i as know they. right and so as, as long as they come out as well as it can be expected then you know all, all's well yeah all's well and we've you know, we have a lot of friends and family who are dealing with health issues, like everybody else in on the, the world, right? Everybody knows somebody these days that has a serious health issue, and the, we always did. We just wasn't so front and center. I mean, let's be honest. It's we've always had somebody in your life who's dealing with health issues, um, emotional, mental, physical. We're just more aware of it now, which is a good thing. It's, yeah, it's a good thing that when we're over it, yeah, it's a little omnipresent today. Every time you turn around. <laughs> to kind of tell you this, I was watching a story about the other day a news story that says Bill Clinton, may he get well f- quickly, is in the hospital with non COVID related illness. Oh. He had a UTI infection. <laughs> Why <laughs> didn't you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, they, made, they make everything into a COVID story, even if there's no relation to it. it was just, it's just like, yeah, just turn off the media for a while, right? If you want to improve your mental health, there's something you can, right, do. Turn off the news media for a little while. Limit it for the number of times, how long you watch it. You know, an hour a day, if you feel like you have to stay connected, you yeah, know, an hour a day, limit it. If, you know, just because the omnipresent, it's... I don't even want to say it's on purpose. It's an accidental omnipresent fear, right? It's always be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. But it's not necessarily on purpose. I mean, a lot of people think there's you know conspiracies, and it can seem that way. But it's just, you know, the way the societal pressures work on everybody, that's how the world works right now. That's the social pressures. We are actually putting on the news to give us that. So you know how to stop it? Turn off the news, and they'll change how they deliver it. Yeah, You don't have to make a big deal out of it. You don't have to do anything. Just turn it off, and in a few months, it'll change. And we'll all be healthier for it. <laughs> Them, you, <laughs> and the rest of us. So there's my <laughs> there's my strategy for getting through these times. Just, you know, love the ones you're around. What is this old song? Love the one you're with. Right.
1: Uh, love the uh, one uh, you're
0: with. It's just love the people you're around. Love the people you're with. And, you know, life will become a little bit better. All right. So the first thing we wanted to cover here was there was an article about the value of trigger warnings.
1: Yes, I reviewed that.
0: Yeah. I've got a fairly strong perspective on trigger warnings. I don't usually share it because I don't want, I don't like to make people who feel differently feel like I'm judging them for their perspective. Cause I'm not really I'm not judging them personally. I'm judging the people who push the, the trigger warnings theory. It's not the people who, who use it necessarily. You know what I mean? Okay, it's against the people who've pushed it, because you can understand the thought process that got it there. But ultimately, if you're walking around, wait, I, what is
1: that? What where is, is the,
0: the think, thought
1: process of God, it? Oh,
0: wait, you get where trigger warnings is that you know people have, like, you know, I have issues with bureaucracy. And having to deal with with bureaucracy, doesn't matter if it's legal bureaucracy, medical bureaucracy, it's a trigger for me on anxiety. But to expect the rest of the world to sit there and tiptoe around my eggshells, well, just think about it. There's so many different people with so many eggshells, you're essentially asking the whole world to continually and forever walk around on eggshells. And do you like walking around on eggshells all the time? So why would you do that to society? Just for one. For one, you're actually imposing your psychological issues, your, your anxiety issues, your whatever emotional issues onto society. You're pushing that burden onto society, and that's fundamentally wrong for them. It's not good for them to have to walk around on eggshells because they you might theoretically. If they know you as a person, then yes maybe you can expect an individual to grant you some leeway because they know you they care about you and they understand where you need your leeway but you can't expect society to do it society can't continually walk around on eggshells about everybody's triggers it's not literally possible and so it's dangerous for society to To do they're as to somebody else and they might have an issue and then you have to deal with this. you can't ask society to do that and so it's just dangerous but two it's not healthy for you long term because the only way through your anxiety issues your mental health issues your emotional issues your trauma issues is to get stronger in the faces face of them they're not going to go away and so you have to become stronger and expecting the rest of the world to cater to you. Well, maybe you can make a point to get you through a short period of trauma, but to do it for a long period of time, it's dangerous for you. And infant, infantile, infantizes, yourself, infantilizes,
1: Infantile. <laughs> infantilizes,
0: infantilizes,
1: infantilizes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, we're too late of a show for that kind of a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a daytime word right there.
1: <laughs> $5 for, uh,
0: I said it earlier. I was practicing. I was, <laughs> went to say it on a day. Did you infantilize But yeah, it, yourself. You're expecting everybody else to treat you like a child. And that's not good for your own mental health. You're actually asking yourself to walk around on eggshells, to look for triggers, to look for things that are bothering you, rather than to learn to stand against them. I, I don't think it's empowering. I can understand the how you got there because it feels caring. I'm not going to upset that person. We don't want to upset that person. We don't want to have to make them relive their trauma. But you're not making them the the trauma. Their trauma exists whether you, you know, say whatever you're going to say, have the party you're going to have, have the Halloween costume you want. You know, it's coming up to Halloween and there's a lot of Halloween costumes that trigger people. But are you going to tell someone they can't wear a Halloween costume on their night of fun because it triggers you? Like your emotional upset is enough to force other people to not behave the way they would like to behave. It's not kind. It's not compassionate. Now, if it bothers you that much, and I can understand you kind of hole up during the Halloween week, that kind of thing. And I'll have compassion for you. I'll bring you well, I I can't but I'll have someone bring you, you know, tacos or something, you know, to help (laughs) you out. But You know, you can't expect the rest of the world to change and expect you to become stronger because that's the ultimate goal is for you to become stronger. The goal isn't for the rest of the world to not upset you because the world is a cruel and inhumane place. Nature is a cruel and inhumane place. If you don't believe me, go turn on the National Geographic channel for a while.
1: Nature
0: does not care. It can't. Human beings can care. Your pet can care, but only those who are close to you, only those who know you can accommodate those personal parts of you. And so we want to be careful, but we expect from other people. Because it's not possible. And if it's not possible, then it's wrong for us to ask of it. Ask for kindness and compassion. Hey, if you see somebody who's having a difficult time during this thing and they have to get up and leave, don't judge them. Great. That's something to say. If if you notice that someone's having a rough side, say, you know, I can't continue this discussion. Can we change it? Change it. Say, okay, I get you. But you can't expect someone, society, to do that continually and always. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, yeah, they know you. You They can learn your boundaries, your particular boundaries, your things, and they can do the small things, you know. But give them the same tolerance, the same compassion that you want from them. They just want to live their lives too. And you know, they just want to be who they are too. And so if something they do accidentally triggers you, it's not their fault. It's not your fault. Life's like that sometimes, homie, you know? Life's like that sometimes. And y'all just have to kind of get stronger in the face of it. Okay. So we'd want to cover something else. What
1: do we got? Uh, To the person who helped helped themselves today. I thought this was a wonderful article.
0: Who hates themselves today, by the way. Who
1: hates themselves today. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, if
0: you need help yourself today, great. More power to you. But this is for the person who's having trouble helping themselves.
1: Well, they're hating. Yeah, they hate Mm -hmm. themselves. They feel feel a failure, worthless, awful. Mm -hmm. And... They have what's in there is some quotes from the community. They went out into the community, and uh, they the community shared their thoughts and loving support. I thought this was fabulous.
0: Yeah, and you can go to late night love dot us, and we put links to the articles we talk about in in the post, and you can usually find them in on the Facebook post or the or the uh, description on podcast. Just so everybody knows, we, we kind of link to what we're talking about. So you can go and look, you can hit pause. If you're not watching the podcast, you can hit pause and go read up on the article. <laughs> just, you know, to get caught along. So just cause you feel weird doesn't mean-
1: Just cause you hate yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, weird is, we're all weird. So don't hate yourself because you're weird. It's your unique. There's something beautiful about it. Yeah. And I like the number two, the second one. Feelings aren't always based on truth.
1: Sometimes what you're feeling is a response to depression or anxiety, telling you things are not true. Wait until you are more calm. Then make your decisions.
0: Well, and you also might be responding to incomplete information. One of the reasons so anxiety inducing is because you only have part of the story and you know, you've only got part of the story, you have to make a decision. And so you know, the, the script you wrote in your head for what's going on isn't likely true. If you don't have enough information. And so if you understand that it's easier to cope with, but you know, all right, wait a minute there's something here that I don't understand. I need more information. Then you can go looking for it. Or if you understand like I'm having to make an information half blind, then you understand that you're having to make an information half blind and you can adjust your expectations accordingly. Because <laughs> a lot of times it's our expectations are get inflated, you know, it's, it's, we have unreal expectations, unrealistic expectations and of ourselves, of humanity, of society, and you know, we. And then when it fails, we kind of get feel crushed. But, you know, ultimately, whose fault is that if you set up false expectations? Yes, it's okay not to like yourself sometimes. It doesn't mean you're not worth respect and love.
1: Yeah. Not everyone like, I, where's this fallacy that we all like ourselves all the time? That's not true.
0: I don't even like you all the time. I love you all the time, but I don't I love like you, you all the time. time. Sometimes
1: you're really not on my list of top people.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Some days.
0: It's been a decade, you know? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: they've all been perfect days. That's kind of stepford wife. That's kind of creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah. We know you're lying. <laughs> Maybe you're lying to yourself, but you're lying. <laughs> Ah, this is another one. How to be your own best friend instead of a bully. That's a good one. Because you know, you're the only person that's with you your entire life, right? That's, that's it. You're the only person you can, you know, so become friends with yourself.
1: You are so much more worth than you think. You are not alone in this. You will be here. I will be here if you need me. Stay strong. Yes, you are not alone. Sometimes that phone weighs 100 pounds, though, picking it up to make that phone call to that trusted friend. But they're waiting for you.
0: Yeah. And here we skip down a little bit. Another one is if someone you love and respect tells you something powerful and positive about you, believe them. You know, sometimes if you don't believe in yourself, believe in this person that believes in you. You know, know, hey, that person's not an idiot, and they think I'm okay. So, you know what? (laughs) For right now, I'm going to trust them. You know, that got me through some dark days. That attitude right there. Which, Which number are you on? Nine.
1: Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That
0: got me through some dark days. Well, I'm okay if I can't trust myself, then I'll trust somebody who, you know, that got me through some dark days. Yeah. Yeah, and understand that you know you're you're not actually alone. Sometimes you feel alone, but you're not. There's many, many people. 19% of the country has an anxiety disorder. It's probably higher now that was a couple of years ago. So, you know, whether it's anxiety disorder, whether it's bipolar, whether it's whatever it is, depression, whatever it is you're dealing with, you're not alone. There are people out there who have gone through it, who have struggled, who have had harder times than you have found a way through it. And so you can draw strength from their strength. That they were feeling the exact same way you did You are you're feeling at the bottom of their barrel at the bottom of a pit with with no hope, no friends. And yet they found a way up and you can find a way up too. not saying it's easy and the journeys aren't comparable because we can't directly compare our journeys with other people's. It's not possible. You know, we all have our own toolkits. We all have our own, you know, and our own baggage, you know. And so you can't judge that, but you can take strength from the fact that other people have managed. And that they were just as lost as you are. And there's, you know, and there's some strength in that. We all can gather strength from each other. You know, we may feel alone, but we're not. We're all there for each other, all of us who have been through these kinds of things.
1: I, wow, like, I'm you, damn, I, I like, all I like number 12. Acknowledge the things you see in the darkness of your reflection. Those things are part of you. They are part of what makes you who you are. But even those things can't take away from all that makes your soul shine bright.
0: Yeah. Well, in a sense, it's great art comes from great suffering. That's kind of a long standing thing some of the greatest artists were some of the most emotionally tortured people in them in the world if you actually think back and there's a reason for that you, know, you struggle for your art you starving artist there's a reason because people who struggle connect at a deeper level connect with themselves connect with the world connect with things around them and those dark parts of you help you connect with those things And so the trick is to become, is to allow those dark parts that you consider, those parts of you that you consider dark, those parts of you don't like, to allow those things to actually bring you something positive. Because they can. You can be connected to yourself, to your community, to your family, to your friends in ways that other people can't. But you have to control it. And so in order to control it, you have to become friends with it. And that's hard for people to do. People want to fight it rather than become friends with it. Yeah, because you don't always like it. You don't like it at all. It's an annoying little pain in the butt. But if you can harness it, if you can control it, it becomes actually quite powerful. That, that ability to connect, the ability to, to feel, the ability to emote, ability to connect with somebody else on an emotional level. That's a very powerful tool. And so if you can transcend that, it's a you know it's a, and it's not easy. Don't get me wrong because you know it's something we all struggle with, or at least I do. You are brave, strong and capable. And don't let your mind tell you anything different. The fact that you're you're still standing up to your own mind, there's no, there's nothing can do more damage to you than your own mind. So the fact that your own mind hasn't destroyed you yet means you are strong, you are brave, and you are powerful.
1: True enough.
0: Yeah, and, and, and asking and getting external help, whether it's medication, psychologist, support network just means you're willing to use all the tools at your disposal. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of intelligence. <sighs> Breathe. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> this moment will pass. It always does. So be gentle with yourself. Yeah. That's another thing. Be gentle, be careful, be good to yourself. How would you talk to your own best friend? That's how you should be talking to yourself.
0: And that's essentially what you covered on the last quote there. You essentially just said the same thing she said. That, you know, it's... No matter what you've done to yourself, because you're always going to be your worst critic. You always will be. I mean, Unless you're a narcissist, you're always going to be your worst critic. And so, remember to be kind in your judgments of yourself, because you are not a fair judge of yourself. You are, you are most likely a overly fair judge to other people, but you are not a fair judge to yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I am. I'm bad. I struggle with this.
0: You know, you'll give other people. You won't give yourself the same leeway. The the same breaks the same compassion that you will give yourself when I mean, you don't give yourself the same compassion you give other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all do it. Don't feel bad for yourself. It's a human trait. It's, but it's when you have to fight. Well, it's when you have to work against when you have to kind of try to deal with because it's a uh, damaging to your soul long term. Oh, you you want to? You just can't take help yourself. Can't go half an hour, can you? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's we'll see what we got here. No, I've got a question. I'll I can blabber on for a few minutes. All oh, right All right, let me see which one. All right, I'll do that. Play. What do mediocre employees do that the best employees don't do? Well. We're gonna assume a couple things that you're talking from an employer perspective, not an employee perspective. See the difference between a mediocre employee and a high performing employee really is it's twofold. want a mediocre employee does a job to the level of the job. Right? It's it's what they do. They're not gonna do anything extra, but they're not gonna do anything bless. They will meet the minimum requirements and that's what they do. uh, The best employees are ones who care about the job for the sake of caring about the job. It's not just about hitting your numbers it's not just about making your money it's not just about doing what's best for the company It's you have an attitude of they want to do the best they can because that's what they want to do and so that's the difference between a a mediocre employee and the best employee is the best employees have a fundamental desire it's their soul to do whatever they're going to do, they're going to do the best they can do at that job. And they will always be responsible. And they're always just, you know, they're always going to try to be there. They're always going to be, try to be the best they can be at every given day, at every task they do. And it's got nothing to do with the customer or the business. It's just how they fundamentally are as human beings. Mediocre employees are for a paycheck and they will do, Essentially, the minimum they require to keep that paycheck coming. You know, what is that movie you watch? The Office Space. Office Space. Yeah, yeah. You watch Office Space, and you go there, and you can see the exactly what a mediocre employees are. Yeah. Now, sometimes you can take a good employee, a good employee. Now, there's a difference, right? You got your best employees. You got your you got your mediocre employees. You got the people you should fire, but you got this group. In between those mediocre and best employees, you're, you know you're good employees, and you can destroy those, or you can make them better by your how you manage them. That's the group of people that you can actually do something about. Good, bad, or indifferent, which is the whole point of office space. Oddly enough,
1: are you going to create a
0: break? <laughs> Back, <laughs> 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 all right, we just did. Yeah, see so yeah, how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, thank our sponsor. There you go, and we're on. You can talk to at dear Lovia, love at late You can find us at late You can, hey, you can join our locals community at locals at LateNightLove.Locals.com and you can find us on your podcast and other various networks. And hopefully we'll get a swag shop open here pretty soon. We're working on some stuff, but oh, we talked about that earlier. Never mind then. I won't bore you again. All right. So we did the second one. Yeah. Okay. So what is your reasoning for people who don't want kids? Actually, that's a good question for you.
1: I think it's nobody's thing. Business is well, what I think.
0: Well, that's true. It is nobody else's business, but.
1: They may choose a life of travel. They don't want children. Yeah. But they may not like children. How's that? Yeah, I mean, not f- everybody likes little
0: kids. Yes, fundamentally, it's nobody else's business. So that's the very first thing. But if you're trying to understand them on your own personal intellectual level without being rude and having to go ask somebody, right? You don't want to ask somebody because it's kind of rude unless you know them well enough where you can say, hey, look, I'm going to be rude for a second, but please don't take it wrong. I'm just curious. You know, you can do that with some a friend or a, or a sibling or something like that, maybe an aunt. But you can't do that to a you know a casual friend. You can't go up to a cat. That's freaking rude. Hey, why don't you guys having kids? That's just rude. You know, even if you're just curious, just because you want to know on an intellectual level, even if you're not being judgmental, it's just, it's still rude. But yeah, like you said, there's a hundred reasons they may.
1: They really, they may focus on the career focus. They
0: may be career focused. They may not think they'll be good parents, which oddly enough, the ones I've, seen who didn't think that would make great parents, because less because they don't think they, you know, it's like, no, they'd make a good parent, but they're so worried about how good of a parent they'd be. They don't want to be a kid. They don't want to raise a child. And that's fine. You know, if having a child changes you, changes who you are, changes your focus on life. Your life is no longer about you. and you know what you should be able to choose whether you want your life to be about you or about somebody else there's nothing wrong with it we don't live in the days anymore where we're worried about human procreation and passing on the species there's billions of us it's not a problem anymore you know the tribe isn't going to die out because you know they didn't have a child it's not a problem the species isn't going to die we're way past that point It's no longer relevant issue. And that's fundamentally where this desire to have what have other people have children is because for most of humanity, extinction was a real possibility. And so that's where that drive comes from. So rather than worrying about what other people, why they want to don't want to have children, you know, let's remember why we think they should. It's got nothing to do with the modern world. It's got nothing to do with anything other than this, Hundreds of thousands of years of avoiding extinction. And that's why you care. And that's actually the question you should probably ask yourself: Why do you care? Okay. So what's next? We did the employees one.
1: Okay, I'm prescribed five volume and forty milligrams Paxil for anxiety. But Paxil makes me really tired, so my doctor suggested switching me to Wellbutrin, along with Valium. Will it help?
0: Well, one, Wellbutrin is a depression medication; it's not an anxiety medication. So, I would talk to a different doctor. Doesn't necessarily get a second opinion on, on these prescriptions, because prescribing Valium—that's an old treatment for anxiety.
1: Mm -hmm. It sure is.
0: It's not something they do anymore, except in in extreme cases. Now, you may have an extreme case, but I talked to somebody else. Maybe you're being misdiagnosed. Or maybe the doctor doesn't know how to treat anxiety. And so he's treating um, depression, which is something I've experienced in my own life. Or they don't know how to treat anxiety, so they treat depression. That's actually quite common. And I don't know Paxil. I don't know. I should have looked up what Paxil is. But I, I don't know what Paxil is for. Maybe take a quick look. Uh, it doesn't say. Paxil uses... It's an antidepressant. So they're treating you for depression. That's the problem. That's why it's not working. You're being treated for depression, not anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So get an anxiety medications. If you, you know, check these medications. Well, Butrin and Paxil are antidepressants. They're not anti-anxieties. So either talk to your doctor or find a new one. Yeah. And I might suggest find a different doctor to treat this. Maybe a psychiatrist, psychologist, someone who's more up to date. Okay. But we are not doctors, don't take strict medical advice from us.
1: Um, but we yeah, are <laughs>
0: Second opinion is what our suggestion is here. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah, yourself yeah, a, don't yeah, change yeah, your yeah. medicines. Never change your medications by someone you listen to on a podcast. Ever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ever. <laughs> we're telling okay. you to get a second opinion because what they're treating you for is depression from the medications. That's what we're saying. Get a second opinion. Don't change your medicines without the doctor's approval. Cause some getting off of these things can be worse than, you know, it, deal with your doctors on this, but get a second opinion. I just want to be clear.
1: Okay. My depressed friend relies on me and thinks her self-worth is based on how much attention I give her. I'm suffering from anorexia, and my mental health is getting worse without her knowing. I want to help her, but I feel miserable. What should I do?
0: This is sounding like one of these codependent relationships, where, because maybe you're assuming that she thinks her self-worth is based upon how much attention you're giving her. Are you is first question is your interpretation of the events uh, of what's going on actually correct? you see say so yourself, you're dealing with anorexia and mental health issues. Your interpretations of what's happening may not be accurate. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But you, you guys are building, regardless, you're building a codependent relationship, and it's good for you to want to get off the train. It's actually, that's actually good. So just get off carefully. This, you know, maybe a question for you, get a counselor, you know, if one of you has a counselor, just end a session together.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, you know, that would kind of be my suggestion on that because.
1: It's ideal. Yeah.
0: You need someone to help you through this. Because I somehow doubt what's happening is what you think is happening. It, it's not healthy, I'm not saying it's healthy, but you know you can't solve the right you have make sure you're solving the right problem. And for that you, you since you're both dealing with mental health issues, you're gonna need a professional. or the second one thing is I need to focus on myself right now. I you know you're not responsible for another human being. But you're not responsible for just because you feel responsible doesn't mean you are. You are fundamentally at most responsible for yourself.
1: Yes. And your friend cares about you. Tell share about your problems.
0: Yes. That's how friendships work Yeah. back and forth. So if you're helping her, she can help you. You can actually help each other through this if you don't allow it to become codependent. Yeah. But it's hard when you're both dealing with your own mental issues and physical issues and all that. It's very difficult. And so, if, you know, if you really genuinely care about each other, then, you, you know, uh, a session or two with a counselor wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. How do I tell my family that I don't want them at my wedding? My 13- no,
0: There's two questions. I just didn't hit the enter.
1: Oh, whoa, oh. oh. How do I tell my family that I don't want them at my wedding? Oh, my gosh.
0: Well, actually, you just say you want a private wedding, and then you just have a private wedding. It's actually quite simple. Now, if you're going to have a big to-do and then not invite your family, well, then you're setting yourself up for a problem, and you're going to have one. There's no way around it. So have a private wedding. <laughs> Nobody comes. Nobody comes. Nobody's feelings are hurt Well, everybody's feelings are hurt, but they're all hurt equally. And so it's everybody's in the same boat and no one gets extra butt hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, Go off, have a private wedding. Don't invite anybody. Elope. Yep. There you go.
1: It's very romantic.
0: It's your day. It's not theirs. And if you don't want all the stress, don't have all the stress. That's a choice. That's a choice. If you want to have a big to-do, well, your family's part of the big to-do, whether you like them or not. And so, for me, you solve the problem by not creating it, just eloping, do do a small private affair, go off. You know, like my mom and her husband did. they went off to, what, New Mexico or something, and had a nice private, private wedding. None of the family, nobody was there them, the, the priest person and the priest's wife, I think was the, was the witness. <laughs> 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 you know, Hey, knock yourselves out, dude. There you go. Come back married. There you go. And then if you want to have a reception with one family and a reception with the other, then you can or whatnot. And then you can small receptions. You can do that. But anyway, it's your day. So, Just do a private wedding. Anyway.
1: It's our advice.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. My 13-year-old son just watched an anime called Berserk, and he's been talking about stuff like the idea of evil and the God's hand to his friends. Should I be concerned?
0: Well, if I remember the stuff me and my friends were talking about at 13, you're probably in good hands.
1: You're in good company, huh?
0: Uh, No, no, he's, in and it's fine. <laughs> That's tame. <laughs> He's exploring ideas. It's it's 13. They're supposed to be exploring ideas at 13. Now, some people would say that 13 too young for some of these anime cartoons. I wasn't one who put restrictions on my children. I always figured their dreams would tell them how they watched something that was a more not appropriate yeah, you know, Life's consequences. They woke up screaming from a nightmare. And, hey, you shouldn't have watched that movie. And, hey. And, <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen that much. You know, but we had always stressed that our kids understood that, you know, TV was fiction. Anything they saw on TV, anything they see on a screen isn't real. By definition, it's a camera. It's a, it's a production. It can imitate. It can mimic. It can look like, but it's not real. And so... But it can help you deal with concepts and understand concepts and things. Just let him explore. He's just exploring. He's thinking. My God, let him think. Let them think. It's good for their soul. All right. What do we got?
1: Why am I not getting re- interviews? Is my resume bad? I'm overwhelmed with all the rejections for entry-level junior positions without consideration.
0: Well, your enter- uh, these days, and no one's calling you back. Your resume is probably bad. The way you f- there's something wrong with how you're filling out an application. It's probably something structural. But you also have to remember that you may be just getting a flood of applications. And so you're just getting ignored because, you know, your application 100 out of 1,500, you know, you have 1,500 applications. There's 1,500 people you're competing against. Yeah. And so if you have anything wrong, get you tossed to the side. So have someone experienced go over your resume. And remember, resumes standards change, so be careful you know what was acceptable in resumes 10 years ago is you know it's vastly different than what it is today
1: yeah it has a professional
0: check it out yeah you don't have to have a professional check necessarily check it out but you can the format you can go online and you can look at modern resume formats and so you can make sure it's forged versus formatted in a way that's modern and there's different ways to do it you don't have to use the typical you know a typical you know job choreography chronological-based resume. You don't have to do that. You can go with the skills-based resume. You can just sit there and explain what your skills are. And because, you know, you're going to put your your job history is going to go on the application. So you don't necessarily need to cover it on the resume. So there's different ways to accomplish your goal. But if you're having that much trouble, find somebody. Go, you know, if you're a college student, you can go to a community college. Do you have these. There's lots of places you can go to get help with that. Just find someplace. The Job Help Center. You know, there's all kinds of job centers in in cities and online. And you can just find it. Just find someone. Just get it checked. Because my guess is if they're not calling you back, there's probably, if somebody's, nobody's calling you back, there's probably something on your resume. You, You may have a typo on your resume that has a wrong number or a wrong email address or something. And they're trying to get back to you and you're not responding to their emails because it's not getting to the right place. It's happened, you know. So get someone else to look at it.
1: All right. Am I being am I selfish if I buy another birthday cake when my mom already bought one I don't like? I just want one good thing to happen on my birthday. Um,
0: well, no, there's nothing wrong with buying. There's nothing wrong with being selfish on your freaking birthday. Why not? And quite frankly, there's never anything wrong with buying yourself a cake. I don't care if it's on your birthday or not. You're a human being who has your own money. If You want to buy yourself a cake? Buy yourself a cake.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, and if you're really upset, worried about your mother getting upset, don't tell her. You don't buy yourself a personal. If you live with your mothers or something, you know, it's happening, you're young, you still maybe still live with your mother. Buy a personal cake and eat it late at night by yourself if you really want to do that. But you know, appreciate that your mother buys the cake out of love. You know, okay, it's it's not necessarily, you know, execution wasn't perfect. But hey, she loves you. She wanted to buy you a cake. She bought you a cake. You know, appreciate that, and it's a great buy yourself a cake. And if your mother does question it, you say,s "I just wanted a chocolate cake for my birthday. It's fine. I'm not upset that you had that. I just bought myself this, and she'll understand. She's your mother." Even if she doesn't understand, she'll accept it because she's your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad to quit after two weeks due to commute? Um, no, but you well, it's. A, I say no because it's not good for you or you the company to for to have an unhappy employee. You're not a good employee if you're unhappy all the time. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. So moving on. And again, people say, well, you don't want to see job hopping on your resume. You don't have to put it on your resume. Nobody has to know. Nobody ever has to know you worked there for two weeks, unless you tell them, they're not going to go run around telling, you know, running billboards on the side of the road, John quit after two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you ever want to work for that company again, it's probably not a good look, but You know, you make that choice. But, you know, things happen. Not all jobs are going to fit. And, you know, the sooner you find out that this job isn't for you and you move on, it's better for you and better for them. Yeah. So, you know, if they don't like it, well, then it's a place you didn't want to work. So that's the thing. If they didn't respect your your needs, your wants, then it's not a place you want to work. All right.
1: If a car runs into the back of you and the owner offers just, just offers to pay for the repairs you need it instead of doing through insurance, is that okay?
0: Well, if both, wait, you both agree to it? And yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, if both parties are fine with it, then there's nothing wrong with it. If one person or the other doesn't, or feels coerced or pressured, then it's not. It's very actually quite simple things. <laughs> You know, if his if he actually covers the costs and you're okay with it covering the costs and you don't want to get the insurance companies because your insurance is going to go up too, by the way, even if you were not responsible for the accident, your insurance is going to go up too. So it actually benefits you as well. Then there's nothing wrong with it. What? The government does not need to be involved in every transaction that happens. It doesn't have to be, right? There's no law that says you must report it. Now, I think there's a law if the damage is over a certain amount. If
1: it's over a certain amount, yeah.
0: But uh, that's just for the insurance companies. I mean, if you've got just cosmetic damage, who cares? The question is, does everybody agree? If everybody agrees, then where's the harm? Who did you harm? There must be harm to have something wrong. Right. The harm was the dented car. We fix the dented car. Everybody's happy. Why create a problem that's not dented? <laughs> time, I'm not seeing where there's a problem here. <laughs> Color me confused. <laughs> Maybe it's my libertarian values and all that, but I don't see the problem. All right. I mean, maybe the guy's a terrible driver, I suppose, and then this is like eighth accident in a year, and you should report it so he gets his license taken away. Like that, I suppose, might be an issue, but that's not your problem, to be honest. All right, what is it? What we got next?
1: Is it worth it for a parent to work full-time but spend the whole paycheck on daycare for their children? Wouldn't it make sense just to stay home and be with the kids?
0: All well, depends on your career goals. If you're having a high-powered career goal and your goal is in five years to be, to continually move up the ladder, then it's not about money right now. It's about the future and the fact that you're breaking even is you're breaking even, right? You have to understand the goals that people are having. There's nothing wrong with having a career-oriented goal. And if you're going to dump all the money in there so you can have a better career 10 years down the road or whatever, that's fine. Would I do it that way? No, I wouldn't. I I would, you know, as it suggests, that, you know, you have one person stay home, one person work, so you can, you know, raise a child. But that's my values. That's my wants, needs, and desires. It's I'm not a type A personality. So, you know, if you're a type A personality and you're a go-getter, you're gonna be very hard to do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's people who want to take care of children. You know, the people who love taking care of children. And so uh, you know, they make a living at it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's okay for people to be how they want to be. Just leave people alone. Life works itself out wonderfully if we pretty much do that. I mean, there's always going to be problems because life is a problem, but don't make them. (laughs) Stop creating problems. (laughs) All right.
1: Okay. My daughter is allowing her stepmother to call herself my grandchild's Mm -hmm. grandmother. It's hurtful. What should I do?
0: Okay, well, nothing. Well, because one, you have to figure out why is it hurtful. Because what's happening here is you have your grandchild has somebody else who loves them,
1: yeah,
0: enough to consider them their grandchild. What is wrong with that?
1: One more person in this world.
0: There's more love in the, there,
1: the be there for enough.
0: Your grandchild has more love in the world. More love, more, more love. They can never have enough. What is your problem? The problem's not with the child. The problem's with the person in the mirror. The problem's with you. Why are you hurt? Because somebody else loves your grandchild? What, you think your grandchild doesn't have enough love for both of you?
1: Well, I think it's the thing that she gets the grandmother mo- title, too. I think she wanted the grandmother title
0: exclusively. You don't get the grandmother title exclusively. There's two grandmothers, right? That's how it works. You get two or three, or four, or five, you know, intermarriages. Love has not, doesn't, love extends past the DNA. You know, you don't have to share DNA to share love. You know, let this person love your granddaughter. Let them love your grandchild. It's, your, your grandchild is not going to be hurt by having too much love in their life. If it's not? So stop being selfish. Look in the mirror and find out why you're being selfish. That's the question I would be actually spending some time with. And it's human. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a very human thing. Don't overly judge yourself by it. But you want to get past it, and you can't get past it without looking at yourself. Life, you know, that's what I'm saying. Because it's very human to feel hurt. You know, you want. To, I kind of get it. But is that really what you want for your grandchild? No, you can't call them. Stop it. (laughs) Stop creating problems. Yeah, what is this? The last few questions. Everybody's trying to create problems when there isn't one. It's like, literally, where's the problem? Why are we creating problems? Ah! (laughs) Anyway. All right, last one. Here we go.
1: How do I politely tell my Indian mother-in-law that I don't want her to come to my ultrasound or redo my own visits? My husband tried to tell her politely, but she keeps playing emotional games on him, and I'm too scared to even try.
0: Okay, well, this is one of the things is you're not going to have to tell her politely because she's not being polite. She's not going to listen to being polite. She's going to throw emotional She's going to play emotional games with you, and you're just going to have to be prepared for it. You're going to have to understand that she's playing emotional games. This isn't about her. It's about you. She has no business being in your medical procedures if you don't want her there. Now, you could actually tell the doctors and nurses you don't want her there, and they will take care of it. But why is she going in the first place? Just don't take her. What, is she driving you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know, you're playing you're playing part of this you know you have to go pick her up and take her and bring her to the to the appointments with you you could just go you know you don't have to yeah but i understand especially culturally there's some indian culture they're tight with their mothers and they have a very difficult time telling their mothers no yeah <laughs> And, but in a sense at it, your job in in the Indian culture, it's the wife's job to tell the mother in her place because the male can't do it. It's not allowed culturally allowed. It's not culturally allowed. <laughs> you have to do it.
1: Well, I think it's important for her to stand up for herself. Yeah. And if she's uncomfortable with these OBGYN visits, what do you think is going to happen when that baby is born? Yeah, she's going to want to be there. Yeah. What do you, you need to start planning for that.
0: Yeah, set these boundaries now. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You're going to have to change this relationship now, otherwise, you're changing it later. And you know. What? <laughs> and what about
1: when the baby comes?
0: Yeah. Well. It's just, this becomes about this, you know, the mother is having trouble releasing understanding boundaries, right? She's always, it's again, it's always, they're always just so involved in their son's lives that when their sons move on to have a different woman involved in their lives, they have trouble letting go. That's what this is fundamentally about culturally. It's, it's a cultural issue. And, but, but so that's why in a sense, Culturally speaking, their mother is waiting for you to take command. To take the ownership, the matriarchal thing and do it. So you're going to have to, you're going to be scared, but you're going to have to do it. She'll respect you for it in the long run. But you're going to have to be prepared for the emotional games. And just understand what, you know, you're going to have to do what the Bill Belichick does. You know, Bill Belichick, after a bad football game, he goes to the to the thing. And they start asking him, but we're just on till Denver. Yeah, you just, we're on until Denver. We're on until Denver. We're on until Denver. That's all he said. The next game. just We're moving on to Denver. That's it. We're moving on to Denver. I'm not talking about this game anymore. We're moving on to Denver. We're moving on to Denver. We're moving on to Denver. That's it. That's all that he say. And so when she starts playing these emotional games with you, she goes, you know, I'm not comfortable. Sorry, I'm not comfortable. I'm sorry. I'm not comfortable. I'm sorry. I'm not comfortable. I'm sorry. record. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: not comfortable. And that's all you should have to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's it.
1: That's a full explanation (laughs) right there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable. And this is not about you. It's got nothing to do with you. That's kind of the only way to deal with it. And we kind of started this thing talking about, you know, don't create your own problems, trigger warnings and, you know, how trigger warnings are essentially kind of long-term creating your own problem. You're not becoming strong. And we finish it with the need to become strong, need to take your place, you know, the need to plant your flag in the family. You're starting your own family and you have to become strong for that family. And it's just like how we want to avoid trigger warnings because, you know, they think they make us weak, those things. We feel weak when we have triggers. That's what happens. We feel weak. And we don't like feeling weak. I don't. And so we try to avoid those situations. But that doesn't make us stronger. It actually makes us weaker. It makes the situation worse. It's creating a problem where it didn't exist. And how do we get past that? We just work. We love ourselves. We love those people around us. And we work at getting better. We work at being better people. Better human beings. Better ourselves. Better us. Better me's. Better eyes. You know, it's not selfish to work on yourself. It's not selfish to care about yourself. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's selfish not to. Because you can't take care of the people you love if you haven't taken care of yourself. And you can't take care of yourself if you're not making yourself stronger in the face of things that are difficult for you. There are people there to help, and there are people there to listen. For me and Lubby, thank you for listening. And please remember to love everybody, and good night.
1: Good night.